0: Well, as I'm sure you've already heard by now, Donald Trump was disqualified from the ballot in Colorado for engaging in insurrection in 2021, a decision that made him very unhappy. Well, the big news yesterday was that the Colorado Supreme Court ruled Donald Trump will be removed from the ballot in the state of Colorado a decision that will undoubtedly be challenged up to the United States Supreme Court to make the ultimate decision uh, regardless super significant and historic of course the lawsuit that was brought that led to this made the case and the Colorado Supreme Court has now agreed that Trump engaged in insurrection or provided aid or comfort to insurrectionists on and around January 6 and section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars an individual from holding office if, while previously in office, they did such a thing. We've looked at that specifically many, many times in the past. It seems pretty clear and simple that indeed Trump did the things that the Constitution says you can't do. And now we have this historic decision confirming that. And a couple of things to note before showing you Trump's response to this news. Number one, this is just in the state of Colorado, which Biden is going to win anyways but number two if the supreme court of the united states agrees with the colorado supreme court then this could lead to a huge impact on the 2024 election i'll talk more about that in a little bit we'll also get to later in this segment just warning you uh some moments from a speech trump delivered last night in iowa But first, here is Trump on true social after the news broke. And I'll note for our podcast listeners, everything I'm about to read to you is in all caps. What a shame, he says, for our country. That's the first one. Then he writes, Biden should drop all of these fake political indictments against me, both criminal and civil, which Biden doesn't have the power to do every case I'm fighting is the work of the DOJ and White House. No such thing has ever happened in our country before. Banana, republic, question mark, question mark, question mark. Election interference. And then finally, he says, a sad day in America. So there we go. Very, very upset. But just like his criminal cases, this is just the law, the constitution being upheld. And here was former conservative judge Michael Luddick responding in a much more reasonable fashion than what I just read to you. Uh, to the big news,
1: uh, as uh, our country's preeminent constitutional scholar, uh, Lawrence Tribe and I said in our uh, August uh, 2023 uh, article in uh, the, uh, the Atlantic about the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, the, 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 this is the most pressing constitutional question of our our times, and it it will be a test uh, of America's commitment uh, to its democracy, to its constitution, and to the rule of law uh, for all the reasons that that, uh, are coming to the forefront uh, this morning, uh, Joe and Mika. Uh, Yesterday's decision, as Mika said, was an historic constitutional decision. Arguably, when it's decided by the Supreme Court, it will be the single most important constitutional decision in in all of our history. Uh, Yesterday's decision by the Colorado Supreme Court was was masterful. Uh, It it was brilliant. Uh, And uh, it is an unassailable uh, interpretation uh, of the 14th Amendment Section Three's disqualification clause and an unassailable decision that the former president is is uh, disqualified from uh, the presidency uh, because he uh, conducted uh, engaged in uh, or uh, aided or supported an insurrection or rebellion against uh, the United States constitution
0: so there it is and By the way, it was independent and Republican voters that brought this case. You also have conservative scholars and legal experts like Michael Luddick saying this is the correct interpretation of the Constitution. So this nonsense idea that this is some Biden or liberal ploy to make Trump uh, lose the 2024 election is nonsense and silly. This is a matter of upholding the Constitution, no matter how much supporters of Trump will scream otherwise. Donald Trump tried to block the peaceful transfer of power to keep himself in the White House through all the schemes we've talked about extensively in the past. And then when all of those potentially illegal schemes didn't work, he incited an insurrection that sought to block the certification of Biden's win. The courts are now getting to weigh in on how the constitution deals with the president who did that. This is about. Donald Trump versus the constitution, not Donald Trump versus the left. And here is some of Maggie Haberman's response on CNN. I mean, that's pretty fascinating that this historic ruling kicking him off the ballot has just come out and obviously they're going to appeal it. But I mean, Maggie, he started almost immediately fundraising off of it. So they think it's going to ultimately benefit them.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't think that he wants to the i don't think they want the supreme court to uphold the decision right that, and that is uh obviously within within the realm of the possible although they don't think that that's so likely a scenario because if that happens i mean to ellie's point you are going to see people in other states trying this anyway and if the supreme court does that it's they, he'll get kicked off the ballot almost everywhere um but they do see at least short-term political advantage and everything with Trump right now is a a game of inches toward getting to the next benchmark.
0: So you heard her note there that if the Supreme Court agrees with the Colorado Supreme Court, then what could potentially happen would be a game over scenario for Trump. Other lawsuits are currently working their way through the courts in other states and if the Supreme Court shows that it agrees with disqualifying Trump, which seemed because of all the conservative justice unlikely, but we'll see, then you could eventually see similar rulings relating to other states. And of course, we'll be watching those more consequential swing states. That's where movement on this issue has to happen to make a difference in the election, because again, Colorado was going to go for Biden. Anyways, now a couple of things I want to say before showing you moments from a speech Trump delivered last night, right around when this news broke, but he didn't address it on stage. The first is we'll keep following this and all of it's absolutely historic and it obviously does have the ability to fundamentally alter the results of the next election but also keep your eye on the ball because most likely trump will still be on the ballot in all the states he needs to to win so we have to focus on defeating him in 2024 while of course keeping an eye on this as well but still encouraging people to vote explaining why trump is a threat to democracy explaining why biden's record is strong and we need to stay focused on that primarily even with the excitement of what could happen over here taking place the second thing is i know some people are worried that if trump loses the election because he's removed from the ballot in certain states all hell will break loose which True, his supporters will say it's proof everything is rigged against him. But guess what? They're going to say that anyway. No matter how Trump loses, if he does, they're going to claim the election was stolen from him. So we shouldn't hope for or advocate for the constitution to be ignored because we're scared of the reaction from an anti-constitutional, anti-democracy movement. With that being said, speaking of anti-democracy, here is Donald Trump speaking in Iowa. The first moment is sort of hilarious. Trump tries to take credit for the good economic conditions right now.
3: And I heard somebody today say, one of these genius analysts, the stock market's good, rich get richer, but the stock market's good because they think Trump is going to win the election. And I believe that's true. And whatever good they have right now is the fumes of what we left them. It's coming off the fumes of what we've left them. But the stock market is good because a lot of people think we're going to win the election. So that's an interesting, uh, an interesting fact. I felt that, but I didn't want to say it, but I think we will say it.
0: So this is something he's been doing lately. For the longest time, he just said the economy was horrible, right? Biden destroyed the economy. But now that unemployment has been lower for longer than we've seen in decades, job growth has been unbelievable. Inflation is down, GDP growth is up and the stock market's breaking records. He's saying it's because of him. Anything good is because of him, but also it's still ultimately bad, which of course is ridiculous. He handed Biden a terrible economy in the middle of the COVID crisis. And then Biden took it from there to where we are now, but nobody seems to give him any credit (laughs) and. By the way, it's true that those, as he mentioned, at the top of the economic ladder have disproportionate ownership of the stock market. But I didn't hear Trump making that point or complaining about that when he was bragging about his stock market numbers when he was president. Then you have Trump in this next moment insisting he is not cognitively impaired while being seemingly unable to say
3: cognitively. The only reason I corrected is I'll say, he didn't know his name. He didn't know his name. He must be Cognitive. Don't forget, I do most of this stuff without teleprompters. They do. Biden. Well,
0: can we play just this part one more time?
3: Cognitive.
0: Cognitively. <laughs> and then he goes, and don't forget, they, they're all teleprompter. <laughs> it doesn't finish his sentence. Cognitive. Very cognitively strong there, as you can tell. And then finally here's him saying he's never read Mein Kampf, despite him now repeatedly nearly quoting
3: it in his speeches. It's crazy what's going on. They're ruining our country, and it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that, and I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. they're coming from all over the world people all over the world we have no idea they could be healthy they could be very unhealthy they could bring in disease that's gonna catch on in our country but they do bring in crime but they have them coming from all over the world
0: first of all we don't believe you second of all the issue really isn't whether or not you read Mein Kampf the issue is you dehumanizing people in a way that is so severe, it directly mirrors Hitler's rhetoric, highlighting how dangerous it is. I came across a segment that Jake Tapper did on CNN about Trump's now consistent echoing of Mein Kampf and his rhetoric about migrants. The phrase that really exemplifies this is Trump saying that migrants are poisoning the blood of America. It's disgusting, and you'll see Tapper make the specific comparison to Hitler's rhetoric in the clip I'm about to play for you. But it's important that we don't just move past this. Okay, well, this is a normal part of politics now. He's saying this all the time. Just like what we talk about with the ways in which Trump threatens democracy, and we can't normalize those facts. Same thing applies here. It has to be constantly and consistently called out. Alarms have to be going off until after Election Day in 2020. 24. Otherwise, we're going to end up with an authoritarian president and I'd rather not see how that would turn out. With that being said, here is Jake Tapper.
4: He uses the term poisoning the blood of our country, poisoning the blood of our country. If you were to open up a copy of Hitler's Mein Kampf, you would find the Nazi leader describing the mixing of non-Germans with Germans as poisoning. The Jew, Hitler wrote, quote, poisons the blood of others. This according to Hitler, posed an existential threat to Germany because, quote, all great cultures of the past perished only because the originally creative race died out from blood poisoning, unquote. There's really no other way to say it. Donald Trump's language mirrors this directly. Republican reactions to Trump's latest words on immigration have, not surprisingly, been mostly muted, aside from former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who told me that those words were, quote, disgusting. Sitting Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, who used to be quite active in trying to push immigration reform, he doesn't seem overly concerned. We're talking about language. I could
1: care less what language people use as long as we get it right. I believe in legal immigration. I have no animosity toward people trying to come to our country.
4: I have animosity against terrorists and against drug dealers. Graham is dismissing words from Donald Trump as inconsequential. And, you know, maybe they are to you, maybe they are to me, but we have seen Mr. Trump's words become calls to action. On January 6th, 2021, of course. But don't forget the climate of the 2018 midterm elections. The Donald Trump Fox warnings about this caravan of migrants, terrifying migrants, funded by George Soros, they said. It was rhetoric. Mere words, but it dovetailed nicely with a very racist, great replacement theory that Jews are funding migrants to come to the United States to replace the white people of the United States. It's a sick, twisted conspiracy theory. But they're just words, right? A conspiracy theory, just words. But they become, to some sick minds, calls to action and right in the middle of that campaign, October 27th, 2018, the Tree of Life synagogue massacre, 11 Jews killed, the deadliest, deadliest attack on Jewish Americans in the United States history. But even that shooting did not stop Trump from continuing to fuel these deranged rumors. Just days later, he suggested that wealthy financier George Soros, who is Jewish, may have been actually paying for the migrant caravan. No record of this, no proof of this, but he said it anyway.
3: I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, I don't know who, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people say yes.
4: A lot of people say yes. Rhetoric inspired bloodshed. Meanwhile, continued. So that was 2018. Flash forward, August 3rd, 2019. The El Paso Walmart shooting. 23 people killed. And this sick white replacement theory continues. May 14th, 2022, the supermarket shooting in Buffalo, New York, 10 killed. All of those murders were inspired by these mere words. As my friend and colleague Van Jones points out, presidents have a way of calling the American people to act. John F. Kennedy called us to serve. Ask not what your country can do for you called us to serve, he formed the Peace Corps. Ronald Reagan ushered in an era of national pride and patriotism. What exactly is Donald Trump calling us to do?
0: You know, I've explained it to all of you many times in the past, the fact that for the most part, I'm able to prevent the constant negativity of politics from ruining my days. Luckily, that's the case. Otherwise, I don't know how I would do this job. But. Usually I am able to keep myself from feeling every bit of emotion that should be felt about these stories because like I said, I sort of have to, but Lately that just has not been the case, whether it be the story of Kate Cox or This, I'm really viscerally feeling the tragedy of our current American political Situation. Let me sort of walk through What I mean by that, then I promise I'll get back to a more hopeful Message. I won't leave you bummed or I'll try not to But lately I've been super disturbed, again, as I always am, but feeling it in a deeper uh, sense by the fact that so many people in this country support a guy who is proudly and openly campaigning as a wannabe dictator and who is choosing to dehumanize people using the very rhetoric of the worst leaders of the past. And then you have this depraved right-wing media ecosystem that tries to convince you that's not really what Trump represents or it's actually good or the left is overreacting. And so we're sitting in this moment where so many Americans genuinely want Trump more than they want democracy. They're hearing him lying about our elections, hearing him promising to lock up his critics, hearing him saying he wants to be a dictator, hearing him classifying certain humans as less than that and saying, sign me up. That's what I want. That's who I want to represent me and the country. I want a civilly liable rapist, they're saying, who's on tape bragging about sexually assaulting women to be who my kids look up to. I'm going to put a MAGA hat on my son so that he knows that's the type of man you should grow up to be. We currently have a party that spent the last who knows how many decades saying they're the party of the Constitution. They stand, not like those Democrats, they stand for the rule of law and now they're completely willing to ignore both to stand by Trump. Our entire justice system is no longer valid in their eyes because accountability is coming Trump's way. And what really gets to me is knowing that just about nothing can get through to the people I'm referring to. We're trying to tell them the sky is blue, but instead of looking up at it and realizing we're telling them the truth, they keep their eyes locked on their TV screen. So that Sean Hannity or whoever can tell them that it's yellow. So honestly, all of that is bringing me down today. And the last few, knowing that Jake Tapper or all of mainstream media, people like me can point out the danger of the rhetoric, the danger of these actions and potential actions. And still in 2024, Donald Trump will have a solid chance of becoming president again, really disturbing. And then the other super sad part of our current political situation is it forces us to spend so much less time discussing so many other important things because we're having to convince people they should see others as human and not think that any person could poison the blood of america because we are having to beg people not to end our democracy we aren't spending time talking about food insecurity poverty or broken health care system workers rights etc And that's also doing real damage. And before I get to the less sorrowful part of this segment where I'll give you my call to action, here is Kamala Harris responding to Trump's recent rhetoric.
2: So, you know, I was raised, as you know, a child of parents who were active in the civil rights movement, and I was raised knowing that there will be some people who will use their voice in a way that is meant to dehumanize. Um, meant to suggest that the vast majority of us don't have anything in common when in fact the vast majority of us have more in common than what separates us and I would interpret it I think then as I do now which it is is language that is meant to divide us Um, it is language that I think people have rightly found similar to the language of Hitler and I think it's just critically important that we remind each other, including our children, that the true measure of the strength of a leader is based not on who they beat down, but who they lift up. And um, sadly, I think that there is something perverse that has happened in our country over the last many years, which is to suggest that strength looks like a bully when in fact, the, the real character of a leader is someone who has empathy, who has some level of concern and care for the suffering of other people and then does something to alleviate that suffering.
0: Absolutely. So I try never to just complain and simmer in distraught feelings about American politics and instead of focus on what we can do in response. So first, in a general sense, if you share these same feelings, here's what you cannot do detach, give up, disconnect. And it's natural to want to do those things. But the more reasonable people who do that, the more unreasonable people have power. And so my message for, and I'm inclined to say the left, but it's not just about the left, any pro-democracy, pro-normal, non-MAGA people out there, my request to you is number one, of course, vote, 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 obviously. And Then also have respectful, intelligent conversations with others about why they should do the same why this election is so important. Then wherever you can get involved, whether it be canvassing, making phone calls, donating, whatever makes sense within the context of your life, do it. And as we get closer to the election, I'll be organizing options relating to that for all of you to get involved in. We have to channel the feelings for a good outcome rather than just simmering in them. Otherwise, what was the point? And that I think is the hopeful aspect of this because we can, and I think we will win. Now, one other thing, for the love of God, can we stop shooting ourselves in the foot? I'm seeing so many people out there spending more time, it seems, trying to figure out how to prevent Biden from being the nominee than explaining to people why he would be a gazillion times better than Trump. If the pro-democracy movement spends the next year in fighting over whether or not Biden is the right person or the best candidate, if he's too old, whatever, we're going to lose. It's looking like Biden's going to be the nominee. So can we start putting our energy towards a productive cause? He's gotten a ton of things done. He's actually focused on trying to solve the problems facing Americans and Hey, respects democracy. Look at that. The most basic checkbox is checked. So of course he has his flaws. Absolutely. But we have less than a year until the most important election of all of our lifetime. So I think we should use that time wisely. Before we go, don't forget to become a member at lukebeasleyshow.com membership to get the daily bonus show Monday through Friday. Plus follow me on threads at Luke Beasle Official, Instagram at Luke Beasley Official, exit Luke P. Beasley, and sign up for the Beasley Brief, a daily morning newsletter that summarizes the previous day's events by going to lukebeasleyshow.com brief. And I'll talk to you all next time.